Welcome. You're listening to the Beaver Dam Baptist Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. If you would like more information about Beaver Dam Baptist Church or have questions about today's message, please visit us on the internet at www.bdbc.org. Uh, thank you, uh, Pastor Allen, for an opportunity to, to be here and to, uh, to preach the gospel uh, to your beloved church and uh, Pastor Scott, wherever he is, uh, for his kindness and hospitality. And, and bless God for all of you all who have uh, just uh, partook in our Sunday school training this weekend. Hopefully you've had a great time. Uh, I sure did enjoy it. And uh, may God just uh, strengthen you and bless you and keep you in your work uh, as you press in uh, to uh, being uh fabulous, marvelous Sunday school teachers for Christ's name's sake. And so it's been a great weekend. Again, bless you all uh, for your time. Uh, my task this morning is to preach the gospel. And uh, so I'm going to pray for us. And then I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of Jude. And we'll read the book of Jude together. Uh, and then I'm going to, uh, as best I can, expound upon some particularities that I think are good for us uh, in the book of Jude as relates to teaching and learning and false teachers and a bunch of other things that I hope I can just unearth in our few minutes together uh, this morning. Uh, my wife and kiddos are traveling with me. Uh, they'll be here in the second service. Uh, for some reason, they wanted to skip out on hearing me preach twice and said they'd rather go have breakfast at some little spot downtown. So right now I suspect they're eating some form of delicious pastry or something at some, some restaurant downtown. So uh, don't tell them I said that. Just greet them if you see them in passing, okay? Thank you. Let me pray for us. Uh, Father, we thank you for your love and for your kindness. Uh, God, you are far too good uh, to me. Uh, Father, you're far too good to, to all of us. Uh, you, you constantly are, you're constantly keeping us and, and conforming us to your image uh, for your son's namesake. Uh, Father, as I seek to unearth uh, the, jewels, the jewels in this text, Father, as written uh, by your power through the hand of Jew to particular churches and now to this church and to my heart and to our hearts, Lord. Father, I pray I would do my due diligence to exalt you and to make you known. Lord, hide me behind your cross so that I'm not seen or heard, but that believers and unbelievers alike, Lord, hear a gospel uh, that will challenge them and would uh, call them, Lord, to you. Lord, give me clarity this morning. There's a bunch of things that I'd love to say uh, and some I just won't be able to for the sake of time. Lord, so govern my heart. Lord, and uh, give me strength, please, Dad. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, so there's, you all are embarking upon, you all are launching the book of Mark here, I think September the 11th uh, for the Sunday school teachers. And I know they have a tumultuous task in front of them. Many of them, we will have to take large chunks of scripture and be able to figure out like, hey, what is significant uh, in, in the passage of scripture? You all have decided to walk through the book of Mark together. And if you're a visiting member, hey, hey what a time to join a great church that is consistent in teaching and preaching the word of God. And, and, and they're going to say, hey, we're going to do this together. And if you're, if you're a visitor, you can like walk, you can have your children and, and whether they're five or 15 or 25, wherever they are, just be able to walk through the book of Mark together. And so this morning, I do hope for those Sunday school teachers, I model a little bit of what, what, what this kind of like diving into large chunks of scripture will look like. And what I'll, because there'll be countless things I won't be able to say today in the passage. And as you all dive into teaching and as you all work through and study the book of Mark, there'll be just be countless things that you won't necessarily be able to unearth. 
Uh, for example, I think uh, some pastors may take two or three years to preach through the book of Jude. And uh, unless you just plan on falling asleep and falling out a window, that's a New Testament pun, you'll catch it later, um, that you don't, you don't want to be here that long. Uh, likewise, I could preach this in four to six sermons as well. But my, my goal, my aim today is to try to model, Lord willing, how to work through a large chunk of, a chunk of Scripture, unearth some things that are good and say, hey, you all, you all, are, you all are, 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 are believers and, and scholars, you're students of the Word. You go back and do the homework and nuance the things that you think just, just like let's set your heart on fire. And you'll see that even as I read the text. So uh, bear with me now. I, I say that for a couple of reasons. One, to encourage the Sunday school teachers that I know we deal with large chunks. Uh, two, uh, to encourage you that there's some things I'm just not going to say and I'm, I'm, I'm doing that intentionally uh, this morning. Okay. Uh, hear the word of the Lord. I'm going to read for you the book of Jude. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, we could simply just study the word beloved and all the time, okay. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus Christ who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed those who did not believe and the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of that great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality, pursued unnatural desires, served as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Yet, in like manner, these people who, several things here, rely on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand and they are destroyed by all that they like. Unreasoning animals understand instinctively, woe to them. For they walked in the ways of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of the gain of Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. These are six things here. They are hidden reefs at your love feast as they feast with you without fears. Shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds swept along by the wind, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. It was about these that Enoch... The seventh from Adam prophesied saying, behold, the Lord comes with 10,000s of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their ungodly deeds, of all the ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are a number of things here, six again, I believe. They are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loud mouth boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. Here's a call to perseverance. 
But you must remember, beloved, there's that word again, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Doxology. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all times and now and forevermore. Amen. That is the word of Jude. It takes about three and a half minutes to read that. So as you're working through the book of Mark, get your theological and doctrinal strength up. So when they ask you to read large chunks of past, you can just say, hey, that dude, Kevin Jones, read it to us. And you can be, and I'm just trying to like set, set the pathway moving forward in order for you all to continue to do that which what you have already done. I'll focus this morning on five E's as I make my way through this text this morning. The first I want to look at is an encouragement. Now, now Jude, he could have opened up his letter in many ways and said many things about himself or about God the Father. He, he, he refers to himself now as a servant of Jesus Christ. Now Jude was Jesus' brother, or half-brothers to be, to be biologically correct. But Jude and many of his family members did not even come to know Jesus Christ until after the resurrection. We see that in 1 Corinthians 15. We see that in Mark 13 as well. Can you imagine those dinnertime conversations with Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth, of all eternality, who holds the beginning and end, as we sing about in this song, sitting with his brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers. They're looking at the creator of all things and they don't even believe who he is. I would also suspect that... Uh, Maybe part of the issue was because Jesus, we know, never did anything wrong. There could have been some, some, some sibling friction there. I suspect that Joseph and Mary may have said once or twice, you should just act like Jesus. And they probably said, we'll try to Joseph him. That's another joke, Bible, Old Testament, whatever. I'm not a comedian. Hey, but I did run into Michael Jr. last night. Are you all familiar with him at all? He's a Christian comedian. He was down having dinner last night. Okay, sad note. Okay, I'll, I'll carry on. Now, now here's, this, here's this trilogy of things now that, that Jude is pointing to in his encouragement. And so this is an encouragement to, to Sunday school teachers as well as to all of us. He writes now in these sections of threes. So here is my encouragement that, you, that I think you all ought to remember. Number one, you are called if you're teaching Sunday school. And if you're not teaching Sunday school, you're also called. Right, and then he says, he goes on in the text to say, you're called and beloved and kept. Like that is really good news. Because maybe some of us haven't been called up in particular spaces and places where we work. Maybe some of us haven't, we're not called by that particular girl or boy that, 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 that we wanted to give us a phone call. Maybe we haven't been called by even particular ministries and, and, and things in this local church, but you're called by God. And not only are you called by God, you're loved by God. And if you ever wondered, does anybody love you? Does anybody care about you? Jude was reminding the readers today that God of heaven loves you. So you're called, you're loved, and then you're kept. And that is really good news, particularly when the church, this local church and our local church and capital C church is under attack. 
So he writes in these threes because I think Jude is a great writer. And then there's three other things that he wants to cover by way of encouragement. Then he then goes on to say, look, let, let, let these things be multiplied to you. Excuse me, in verse two, he says, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. So what, what do we do with that? I think one of the application points for us as we see other believers is to multiply these three things to people that we do life with. Do you multiply mercy and peace and love to those who you do life with? Hey, it, it's hard and it stinks. I get it. But if Jude is encouraging the listeners here to multiply mercy and peace and love, he's giving those things to them. I think likewise, Beaver Dam is, as a local body, we ought to do the same thing. And this is an encouragement to the church. And this is really what I think he wanted to write about. Let me, let me, let me tell you what makes me say that if you get to verse 2. Verse 3, he says, beloved, although I was really eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, appealing to contend for the faith. So in my mind, when I read that, I think Jude, Jesus' brother said, you know what, I want to tell them about how much God has called them and how God loves them and how he is keeping them and the mercy and peace and love we get. But then he said, time out, I need to now address another issue. How many of y'all ever sit down with your children and you think you want to talk about one thing and it's like, well, I got to talk about another. I mean, my wife, we have these weekly meetings and sometimes we go in, it's like, we need to talk about all these other things, but time out with this other thing we need to talk about right now. So all these things are built up in Jude's heart. And now Judah said, but time out, I need to address another issue. And that is judgment on false teachers and false teachers and the fact that we need to contend for the gospel. And there's another application point here. I would ask you to contend for the gospel. I am not saying go start fights. Our brothers uh, visiting here from Turkey said, hey, listen, he is faithfully contending for the gospel. And I would encourage you to give to him in prayers, to give to him financially and to consider going. But contend for the gospel. Where do you contend? You contend in the schools. You contend on the bus stops. You contend with your neighbors. Those to the left and to the right of you. You contend for the people in your home. You contend with the people wherever you work. He is asking us now. He is telling us now we need to contend for the gospel. Here's the beauty of this. As we, as we make way, as he explains now, first there is an encouragement. Now there's an explanation on why he wanted to write. And he says, at one, at once you, you, you completely got this. You got it. What was once for all delivered, you got it. And as Pastor Allen delivers faithful messages week after week, you got it. You get it. And now I'm, I'm here encouraging you all to continue to contend for that gospel once for all delivered. And we know what things are like when it was delivered. He, he faithfully preaches and teaches the word. And that's, that's no simple task week after week to get up and to prepare. And so I think you should be here on the receiving end in order to receive what it is he's trying to deliver. Likewise, if you're not a faithful school Sunday goer, I would encourage you to go to Sunday school because your teachers are faithfully preparing messages and, and Bible studies to be delivered to you. Some of us are more anxious about like our Papa John's and Amazon deliveries than we are receiving the delivery of God's message. And y'all know that. For the life of me, I don't understand why Papa John's needs to tell me when they're kneading my dough and when they're putting the sauce on. But I get these alerts. The sauce is now going on your pizza. Boom. 
Like, oh my goodness, okay. You're making me anxious. I, the, the, the person cooking your pizza just stuck their head in to check on it. Boom. I'm like, I don't need that. It is now getting into the delivery driver's car. Boom. I'm like, oh, just bring me the pizza. I remember when you just called and they just showed up, you know, no estimated time of delivery, none of that. Amazon delivery trucks. My, my daughter was waiting on a watch and she was anxious about it. Oh, dad, we get, let's, let's see where it is. I'm like, Carson, chill out. I need to know where it is. I need to know when it's going to get here. It's four stops away, daddy. I wanted to wring her neck. How do you even know it's four stops away? I looked on mommy's phone. Okay, whatever, but, but stop it. And, and we get anxious about these deliveries. Like on Tuesday, are you as excited to receive Pastor Allen's word as you are to receive your new coffee maker? On Thursday, are you as excited to sit under the teaching of Mark as you are about getting your new name it, whatever it is? So here Jude is saying, once we're all delivered, all I'm asking for you to do in, 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 in concert with your local pastor and Sunday school teachers is saying, hey, show up for the delivery of the message. Just get excited about it. Jude is saying, hey, it was once for all delivered faithfully to you and now folks are creeping in. Here's this further explanation about folks creeping in. And I begin to wonder, like, how in the world does somebody creep in? We have like watchdogs. How many of y'all like have a dog at your house? You got, yeah, I got a watchdog. Your dog barks whether you want it to or not. You know, it's just like the lawnmower starts up for your neighbors four doors down, he's barking. Hey, nobody's creeping into the house. Many of us have alarms on our homes. And why do we have those alarms? We have those alarms because we don't want any unexpected people coming in to, to, our, to our homes. But some way, somehow, these people are creeping in. And I think they creep in through social media. I think they creep in through the news anchors that we listen to. I think they're, they're creeping in with whatever type of agenda they have. And they can also creep into the church unless we have folks ready to recognize the foolishness that they bring into the local church. I don't think there's any local church that, that, that can say like this is not possibility in their church. I am not here saying there are today people that have crept into your church and you need to be asking them today after doing Sunday school, are you a creeper? <laughs> you know, are you a creeper? That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, do you have little bells and whistles, a watchdog that goes off in your soul to recognize the people that are creeping in to this local congregation? Are you so laissez-faire about it that you wouldn't know if a pit bull, a Rottweiler, and a German shepherd were barking sitting right next to you in Sunday school class? Like some of us could be completely oblivious to that because we are not sensitive to the word because we come here sitting under Pastor Allen's teaching and we're thinking about other things and we're totally avoid and we're missing Sunday school. And so when people come in or we're listening to nonsense through social media and news anchors and, and the people that work, we're just nodding and agreeing because we think it sounds good. It's not all good and it can't be all good if it's not in the scripture, if it's not the things of God. Now here's the deal. Jude holds no punches on, on, on how to recognize these people. He describes them in many ways. Let's just look at verse 5, 8, 10, and 16. Now here's an example of how I'm now skimming over these things from my Sunday school teachers. You know, I, we could dive into each one of these things. Not happening in nine minutes today. Not happening. But let's just look at these people. And then verses like 5 to 16. Here's what they look like. They're ungodly. In verse 5. They pervert the grace. 
All right, so there's ungodliness. We can see what ungodliness looks like in Peter and in Romans 1. They pervert God's grace. What echoes in my heart is now Romans 6. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So they, they know right from wrong. They just say, ah, you know what? We'll pervert it. We'll, we'll trash God's grace. They deny the Lord Jesus Christ. That's another example of what these people look like creeping in. Verse 8, they rely on the dreams instead of God's word. Now let me close the back door on that. Because many times in the Middle East, I've traveled in Middle Eastern countries and, and the Lord, they are, they, are, they are saying, hey, the Lord is speaking to us in dreams. Muslims living in Ras al-Qaim and Dubai, they say, listen, I came to know the Lord in a dream. I don't think the writer's talking about that. I think the writer's talking about they have the word of God in front of them. And yet they say, I had this brilliant idea. I dreamt this thing up. And now here is what I think is right in the local body. No, we need to recognize those creepers. They reject authority. He says in verse eight. They defile the flesh. They poison their flesh. They, they pollute the flesh. They defy their own flesh. They blaspheme the glorious ones. They have nothing good to say about God's creation, the angels. We can read in Hebrews chapter one, the purpose and function of angels. What's a further description of these people that are creeping in? Verse 10, they blaspheme all they don't understand. If they don't get it, they say it ain't right. Instead of deep diving into the text and trying to make sense of it, they just blaspheme it. Oh, that's, uh, that's no good. They destroy what is natural. They're murderers. They're after money. That's Balaam's era. Verse 16, they're grumblers, malcontents, following their own desires, loud mouth boasters. They're showing favoritism. And so the writer is saying, be on guard for these types of people. I think there is no better place to recognize how to be on guard than fellowshipping every single week in this local body at this time and in Sunday school and in the midweek discussions that you all have together. If you are not actively involved in these ministries, you will see one of these people enter into your life through social media, through conversation, and you will think everything is okay. You think everything is okay. Jude is saying they are not okay. Then he goes on to, in verses 12 to 16, and he gives six metaphors on how to adequately describe these people. And if you're like, oh man, I want to deep dive into each of those metaphors, brothers and sisters have at it. <laughs> these are the types of things that I say, hey, just may not be able to be on earth every single week, but they're, they're there, they're there. And he describes exactly what these people are. In short, he's saying they, they, they promise nothing. They can destroy you. They're wandering, they're wild. And we need to be able to recognize them. Now, here's the encouragement. Here's the exhortation. First, the encouragement to remember the love, the called, the kept, the mercy, the peace. Then the explanation about why he couldn't write. He needed to address some ungodliness. And now he's going to exhort them. Let's look at verse 20. Here's the exhortation. This is to my teachers. This is to my brothers and sisters. In verse 20, he says this. But you, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. And praying in the spirit. Two things here. How are we built up? We're built up with collectiveness in the body. That's, that's what he's, he's urging. Build yourselves up. Build yourselves up through reading of God's word, through making sense of God's scripture. Build yourselves up and build yourselves up praying in the Holy Spirit. Now we see mention of God the Father. We hear mentions of God the Son. And now we hear mentions of God the Holy Spirit. We can't fight this battle without the power of the Spirit. And he's saying, do not reject the power of the Holy Spirit. Build yourselves up in the Spirit. The writer goes on to say, by way of further encouragement, keep yourselves 
in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, that leads to eternal life. That's exhorting us to do those things. And now I'm cutting across the field here. Now there's an examination in verses 22 and 23. First, an encouragement. Second, an explanation. Third, an exhortation. Fourth, an examination in verse 22 and 23. Who are we examining? We're examining the people around us. We're examining our own hearts. Check this out. The writer says, and have mercy on those who doubt. Like that right there, you're making an adjudgment. You're making an adjudgment call. You're examining the people around you who doubt. And this is for my Sunday school teachers and brothers and sisters who teach in particular. Have mercy. Like that's a point of application. I am absolutely sure that sometimes in Pastor Allen's life and in the life of teacher, we just want to wash our hands and be done with people. Like how can you at this point still be doubting? How can you at this point, like after all the Lord has done for you, he has closed every door. He has provided for you in every single way, countless ways. How can you still doubt? But Jude is saying to those who still doubt, hey, have mercy on them. So as a teacher and as a brother or sister in Christ, have mercy on those who doubt. Here's a further examination. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. You may say, we don't have the power to snatch anybody out of the fire. How do we do that? We do that by wrapping our arms around them both figuratively and literally, loving them and, and encouraging them to come back to the fold of the things of Christ. Bring them back in and again to show mercy with fear, hating even the garments stained by the flesh. And that's a warning as we examine other brothers that we don't stumble into the things that they do. We need to hate the garment stained by their flesh. It simply means, hey, hate the sin that they're in. Don't fall into the sin that they're in, but try to snatch them out. And that's dangerous. My brother's a he's a retired firefighter. I should have been a firefighter, could have retired last year. Okay. He's a retired firefighter. And for the life of me, I still don't understand, like, what makes you, Keith, want to run into burning buildings? That's dangerous. And I still haven't heard a satisfactory answer. <laughs> God bless you if you're a firefighter in this room. I'm thankful for you. And if my house is ever on fire, I'll make your way to Plum Street in Springfield. It'll be burned down by the time you get there, but you get the point. But he said, snatch them out of the fire, but don't get burned. And that's a difficult task to do. That takes wisdom and preparation and godliness and perseverance. And then the writer ends with the doxology. He ends with the doxology thinking about eternality. Here's what happens, Sunday school teachers. There's a lot of stuff you want to say and then you realize it's 940 and that this service ends at 945. <laughs> and there's still a song they need to be saying. So here's what you're going to do, Sunday school teachers. <laughs> you're going to cut across the field and you're going to read the doxology. Then you're going to pray and sit down. And you're going to trust the Lord and the power of the Spirit to do His work. And that's exactly what I'm going to do right now. Hear the word of the Lord. Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling. And to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. These are some weighty terms here. Be glory and majesty, dominion and authority before all times and now and forevermore. Amen. Like that is the word of the Lord, that you would be encouraged, that you would be able to give an explanation for all that you do that you would exhort one another, that you would examine your own heart, 
that you would examine the hearts of the brothers and sisters around you and that you would live a life thinking about eternity. Let me pray for us and then an invitation will be given for you to join this church and for you to come to Christ. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your love and for your kindness. Father, I do thank you for an opportunity to work through your word this morning in large chunks. God, I pray that even the the few minutes spent this morning would encourage a brother or sister to examine the teaching that they get through social media, that they would examine the teaching they get through different media streams and media outlets, that they would examine the teaching they get with their coworkers at work, work and that they would examine those things under and as compared to the scripture that is preached week after week. And God, you would give them deep resolve in their hearts to say something along the lines of, if God didn't say it, then I won't believe that nonsense. Father, would you continue to strengthen Pastor Allen and all those leaders in this church who are pressing in, Father, to make your name known. We'll be careful to give you all praise and all glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.